Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Jamie. And I'm Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Hi, Gabe. Uh, okay, so the first thing we need to tell folks that are listening and watching uh, is that it's Thursday morning. Uh, it's June 23rd, um, and it's a little after 1030. Uh, so right now we're recording and simultaneously uh, watching SCOTUS blog um, because there's a, you know, a chance that this morning we'll see a decision for whole woman's health. Um, which we'll talk about later in the show. Um, but right now we want to welcome Stephanie to, uh, our first, uh, her first appearance on the podcast. Uh, Stephanie Craddock Sherwood is the executive director, right? That's your title. Yeah. Of, uh, (laughs) women have options, Ohio. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, who is who? (laughs) Who is who? Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like who's on first. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm the executive director of Women Have Options. Women Have Options is what who stands for. Uh, the uh, Women Have Options is the abortion fund, the independent abortion fund in Ohio. Uh, we raise money and to make sure that, uh, that choice doesn't only happen for those who can afford it. So we grant money to clinics who then during the... Um, the counseling process, the, if women need the funds, then they pull from our fund. Okay. So you guys run the bowling thing. Yes, we have the bowlathon. <laughs> um, and so the, there's, there's bowlathons all across the country, mm-hmm. and you run one of them. Yes. So there's the National Network of Abortion Funds is the, our, our national network. Uh, and so there are hundreds of abortion funds all over the country. And uh, we're one of them. And the NANAF does uh, kind of coordinates all of us to do an annual big fundraiser, a big fun fundraiser uh, called the Network of Abortion Funds, National Network of Abortion Funds Bolathon. But this year we raised uh, $27,000. Nice. From bowling <laughs> or from bad bowling. is Because uh, everybody's like, I can't bowl. You don't have to be a good bowler. No. This uh, isn't a tournament. No, this is, no. Let's get together and throw some balls down a lane. Yeah. And just have fun in general. Uh, dress up. There's lots of funny costumes, some, you know, during the years. Yeah. <laughs> I hear somebody games. wore a uh, Statue of Liberty costume <laughs> one yep, year. Yep, yep. <laughs> wonder who that was. And damn, he looked good in that. <laughs> and you can visit our Facebook page to see Gabe in a Statue of Liberty costume yeah. um, with a bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah. So we are a grassroots organization. Um, I am the first, uh, the first staff member, and I was hired like three months ago. So the organization nice. has been around since 1992 um, and it had been all volunteer run up until three months ago And uh, because we need to grow. We need to meet the need. The need is growing. So we're going to rock it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love the founding story of Women Have Options. Can you share that with our listeners? Because it's one of my favorite things. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> so our founder, Emily, uh, she knew a woman that needed an abortion and 
uh, who couldn't afford it. And she was kind of horrified by the fact that she couldn't afford it and um, kind of was trying to figure out how to help and gave her money <laughs> for the abortion and, uh, you know, to, and then told her so that the woman wouldn't feel embarrassed or anything like that, that it came from an organization that did that sort of thing. And uh, <laughs> it's not a private donation from Emily Rutherford. Ex- exactly. It was exactly. an organization that did these things. Yeah. And uh, um, to make good on her promise, she, uh, she started Women Have Options, which was, um, which was actually one of the founding members of the Na- National Network of Abortion Funds. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Long history. Okay. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's terrific. Um, uh, but so this isn't your first job working in, uh, you know, the field of reproductive no. rights. Um, for those who don't know, you and I worked together at Planned Parenthood. So, yep. um, like five years. Yeah. Yeah. Down uh, the hall from one another. So, uh, so, so not your first rodeo. No. Um, so, you know, I, I do think it was really terrific that they could hire somebody to, um, you know, to, to head the organization uh, full time. And the fact that they picked you, I think it was a terrific choice. <laughs> I, I, I am, I feel quite, quite lucky. All right. Uh, so if people want to contribute to the abortion fund mm-hmm. and help pay for women's abortions, where yep, do they directly. go in Ohio? Uh, they go to, uh, <laughs> to womenhaveoptions.org. I was okay. like, put me on the spot. And I was like, oh, great, great. <laughs> Womenhaveoptions.org. Um, and we're, we're looking for volunteers. If you want to get, we're like always looking for bowlers. You can sign up for our newsletter to get information on uh, bowling. It's such a fun event, too. And it happens it in uh, the spring. Right. And but people don't have to wait for the bowlathon. They can give it any time. They can absolutely give it any time, yeah. early and often. Womenhaveoptions.org. Yes. Check the uh, show notes for the link. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. Um, you were with us on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Jamie wants to talk about what happened Monday. You know, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the city of Columbus just passed an ordinance to, you know, protect abortion clinics. No biggie. Nice. <laughs> Actually, it was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so council, we've talked about it before. Councilmember Elizabeth Brown had, um, in, had introduced an ordinance to protect um, patients and employees of abortion clinics as they enter and exit the building. Um, it is not a true buffer because the court ruled on that two years ago and, you know, struck down Massachusetts buffer zone. But um, what it does is it stops people from being harassed, intimidated, followed, and those kinds of things outside of of the clinic. It also increases the penalty for doing those things within 15 feet of the the clinic property. So there was an amendment. We got rid of harass and follow, and they replaced it with commit disorderly conduct, which is basically the same language. It really wasn't any real change. Right. Made things a little bit clearer. Um, and so, yeah, um, they, um, they changed that and then passed it. So unanimously in city council. That's um, awesome. So so now it's a first degree misdemeanor. That's, yes, that's actually, you know, that's not a slap on the wrist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And, and if they do it multiple times, the penalty actually increases for the second and beyond. Um, so it really does take a next step. You know, it's not perfect and amazing because, you know, things have to be balanced. You know, you have to balance our constitutional rights to free speech and protest. Um, but at the, um, but so we really, you know, really want to make sure that people are protected outside of the clinics the best we can. So, right. 
30 days. The um, resolution, the ordinance will go into effect 30 days from the day it's signed by um, the mayor. Okay. Um, and so on Monday, we, uh, before the city council met, there was a press conference. Um, council member uh, Elizabeth Brown spoke kind of informing the media, you know, if, if they hadn't been to the previous meeting that we talked about on last week's show, um, exactly, you know, what's been going on at abortion clinics, why this is necessary. Uh, we heard from a representative uh, uh, who was speaking uh, for, you know, the police department to say, you know, this will provide additional enforcement. And he was very clear that mm-hmm. they are not out there to pick sides, yeah, and you know, outside an abortion clinic, they're not there, you know, supporting one side or the other. They're there to enforce the law, and this clarifies what the law is and adds another tool to that toolbox to make sure that they can keep the peace. Where right now there has been harassment and threats, so that was really cool. Uh, and then also a young woman named Kayla stepped up uh, and she shared her story. Uh, so she gets her. That's what she said um, of the week. Uh, and she talked about how she had gone to, uh, you know, a clinic, um, because, you know, she is, uh, was, had a, she had a pregnancy, uh, and it was threatening her health. Yeah. Threatening her health. Um, and what did she say? It was something about an irregular heartbeat. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I mean, she was terminating. She was not going in necessarily for a voluntary termination. She was terminating because something was going wrong with her pregnancy. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, so many of the people walking in that building, you know, they don't know the story. The protesters don't know the story of the person walking in the building. Um, they don't know whether they're there for birth control or an abortion or, and I've got a funny story from somebody else who was actually going to a Planned Parenthood for um, hormone replacement for menopausal symptoms um, and was getting screamed at by the protesters. So, you know, they don't, they have no idea the story of the person walking in to the building. And of course they treated this woman like they treat every other woman walking into founders. Right. Screaming and yelling and shoving pamphlets at them. One the the thing that I think was caused the biggest reaction for me was like she they were so close I could feel their breath right. on my face. Right. Like and that was how yeah, yeah. That was, was how close that she that they were to her um in this instance. So it really did bring home why this is so important. Especially at clinics like Founders, you know, it, it, you know, Planned Parenthood usually becomes the big headline in all these things mm-hmm. because they're the big known name. But, you know, the Columbus Planned Parenthood has a fence and a parking lot around the building. Right. So the patients don't generally have to encounter the protesters as much as they do at Founders, which is a, in a more urban building with a small alley-based parking um, parking lot that not very many cars fit in. So the patients are usually having to park on the street or in another lot and having to walk through the protesters to get to the clinic. Right. So there's, Oh, sorry. <laughs> and all in all, this is, you know, just like Elizabeth Brown said in like during this whole process, it's a safe and legal medical procedure yeah. that everyone should be able to access without harassment. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, no matter the story and it's, other business, Mm-mm. right? No. Uh, and the and and yeah, the, as far as like, we need to protect not only the patients but also the all the staff. And this is this is so, such a good step in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody has ever harassed me going into a doctor's office, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be great if that was the case for everybody. <laughs> yes. You know, no one 
protests outside of dentist's office mm-hmm. or right. family practices or anything right. like that. It's only room in, it's only reproductive health care mm-hmm. centers. Maybe we should. Your wisdom tooth deserves to live. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anti-filling. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, so you can watch the video of that press conference with Kayla sharing her story, um, on our blog, narrowprochoiceohio.com. Um, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, so that happened at four o'clock and at five o'clock, uh, we all went inside city hall, um, which was nice cause it was roasting hot. It was like 91 <laughs> degrees outside. Yeah. Uh, and, um, sat through uh, city council. Um, and again, we have the video of the city council meeting on our blog. Um, so you can check that out too. Uh, there was three witnesses for each side. Um, and the walk of shame goes to uh, created equals uh, Seth Dreyer. Uh, so this was twice now that the organization testified. Yes. Um, he seemed to uh, have a very, uh, it's not us sort yeah. of uh <laughs> Disposition. Well, that's what, you know, I think we talked about it last week. You know, uh, the demeanor of the protesters at the hearing were completely different. Even at the press conference, we actually expected, um, you know, them to come with their signs and those kinds of things. So the press conference, they did none of that. I mean, I think this is the first press conference we've done outside unmolested by the protesters. Right. There wasn't even the the box struck. Yeah, I mean I was surprised. Yeah. They were nowhere. There were a couple in the crowd. I saw like a couple of like Columbus Right to Life t-shirts, but they were just kind of standing back in the shade away like didn't right. try to do no signs and nothing. Um Yeah, we were we were facing we're, first off we were facing the sun during the yes. press conference, <laughs> uh which was roasting. But we were also facing the river. So they would have had to not had the uh you know, the fetus box truck. They would have needed a box boat. Yes. Which I think would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. Oh yeah. Um, but so yeah. So the the demeanor of these people at this hearing were completely. Oh, we don't do anything like that. Right. That's not us. Um, but you know, created equal who has the you know killer among us postcards that they you know harass the neighbors of abortion providers with, um, and you know is constantly going up and trying to engage people and using their words against them and everything else and all aspects of harassment. Seth Dreyer gets up there and is like, well, we don't harass anyone. We don't do that behavior. Right. Which is hilarious. So so if you don't do that behavior, then why are you opposing this ordinance? Right. Is really the real question. They kept talking about how they, you know, this was going to stop their free speech rights and this was going to impact their ability to, to speak. And like, no. no, if you're opposing this, it's not because you're protecting your right to free speech. It's because you're protecting your right to harass someone. Right. Because that's what this is outlawing. Yeah. So, yeah. So Seth gets the walk of shame for trying to claim that created equal would never harass anyone. And maybe we should, oh, we should totally put in the show notes the link to the Cincinnati um, walkout with Haskell's wife. So you'll see Created Equal and another one of their um, their buddies, Brian Kemper, who lives in the Dayton area, the city of Troy, um, followed Val Haskell, Dr. Haskell's wife, out of the Cincinnati court building. Um, I was escorting them out. And you can you can see the not harassment that they do on a daily basis. Right. In that no. video, pretty. It's not something that anybody wants to have to experience firsthand. No. <laughs> um, 
So, so yeah, I mean, we, we heard from Seth. Uh, we heard from uh, some clergy uh, that were absolutely supportive of the ordinance. Reverend mm-hmm. uh, Al Deblack uh, specifically came back. He's testified several times uh, on various pieces of legislation. Um, so it's good to hear from him. Uh, and then the committee voted, and it passed. It was unanimous. Mm-hmm. It was a little um, weird. Yeah. It was just like... Yeah. It just... Haven't had that feeling before. <laughs> of... Everybody just looked at each other, and like we were all looking at each other. Yeah. The, the We had a, quite a crowd there. Right. Uh-huh. And they, they voted, and we just kind of all started looking at each other and just was like, I, I have my hands up kind of like in pause, like, wait, did that just happen? Right. <laughs> yeah. And we that were like, really happened. I don't know what to do. This right. is great. They want to cheer, but we're not allowed. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, and and I was up in the balcony, and so were a lot of the people who were opposed to this measure, and I was waiting for them to, like, unfurl a banner or Mm -hmm. start screaming or whatever. So I had my laptop on my lap typing out what was happening on our Twitter feed, and I had my cell phone with the video function (laughs) open, ready, in case they'd start it up, because I was going to shoot video of them, you know, making fools of themselves in the uh, city council balcony. They didn't want to give you podcast fodder, I guess. Apparently, um, which is fine. Um, They were totally on their best behaviors. Right. Uh, But so, you know, Stephanie, like I said before, I mean, you and I used to work together. We started at the same time in Mm -hmm. 2008 with Planned Parenthood. Um, And Jamie, I know you were with NARAL uh, then and, you know, had had come on board with them a year or two prior, maybe two thousand four. I mean, this is really, yeah. you know, so that's that's you know a nice decade of experience there. This is really our first legislative victory. Mm-hmm. Well, mean, at least at least anywhere locally. I mean, yeah. I think that you know, universal or or healthcare was you, yeah. yeah yeah Obamacare was Obamacare is clearly victory, a win, mm-hmm. but yeah. All the other victories have been stopping things. Well, exactly. And most of them completely behind closed doors so that nobody right. ever knows. I was I was talking to somebody and I was like, so much of what I do is kind of like Homeland Security. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. You didn't know about it. Right. Um, you know, we've stopped multiple abortion bans. Yeah. I mean, one of the funniest, like, late night in the state house moments was in um, 2006. December of 2006 was the last day of session. It was lame duck session right before Ted Strickland became governor. So we were changing from Republican to Democratic governor, and they were throwing all kinds of crap Mm. in things at the last minute. And that was when we had the complete and total abortion ban without even a life exemption in it that was still pending. And we're sitting around, and they went into a one-hour recess at, like, 10 o'clock at night and we're like it's like one o'clock in the morning and we're like what the heck is going on here we find out later from some of our republican friends because back then we actually still had a few um and um (laughs) before we completely re-gerrymandered the state even worse and um we found out that the fact was that um, brinkman was trying to get his full abortion ban into this last minute bill and it was the thirty thousand emails that we had been sending continuously through lame duck where they were like oh, i don't think we should do that <laughs> right so you know we've had you back know, when they listened to voters <laughs> yeah because they had to because their districts were a tiny bit competitive right but yeah so we've we've had those kinds but never like an actual good thing happening and, um and this was on us on the kind of offensive yeah, too. Totally. And we, and rather than, you know, being defensive and also having to like, you know, justify, justify mm-hmm. abortion care and all that kind of stuff. We were talking about the health and safety of patients and yeah. we were like, it was, it was an affirming process for us, you know, rather than, and it was, was just, I could get used to it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was awesome. Yes, it was. 
Um, so, uh, you know, we were, we were talking before we started recording how 2016, this year just feels totally different than every other year. I mean, there's just been so many things going on, um, you know, in politics, in pop culture. Um, and so, you know, we're starting to see just things that we've never seen before. (laughs) Um, a win in the city council, uh, you know, was really terrific. Um, Absolutely huge movements um, for LGBT rights. Uh, the city of Lakewood, um, just to switch topics here, uh, the city of Lakewood this week passed new protection for uh, LGBT citizens within their city. Um, it gives them uh, new legal protections, which, you know, is pretty awesome. Uh, Lakewood is the home of one of our dear friends, Representative uh, Nikki Antonio, uh, who is the only uh, openly gay member of the state legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that uh, while this is a city ordinance, she was very vocal in supporting um, in supporting the city of Lakewood in, in making this happen. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. I feel like they're maybe the 22nd. I was trying to look it up here real quick, but I didn't see it. I think they're, you know, somewhere in the 20s of, you know, cities actually doing something like that. Columbus has something. Cleveland has something. Um, and it really just shows our state legislature, like, hey, dudes, like, what the hell's wrong with you? The fact that you haven't done this at the state level yet. Um, all these cities have done it. So... It was a really good night to see as we were celebrating in Columbus. It happened the same night. We were celebrating in Columbus to see this this celebration in Lakewood as well. It was pretty fabulous. Yeah. Uh, the Plain Dealer reported it said the ordinance aims to ensure that everyone has equal access to employment, housing, public accommodations, and education. Uh, and Nikki Antonio had a quote in the paper. She said, Lakewood, by passing this ordinance, will serve as a beacon and an example to other communities. Yep. So bravo. Mm-hmm. Did anything else happen in Northeast Ohio this week? Something else <laughs> happened in Northeast Ohio. I haven't something, heard of something little, yeah, right. little tiny thing. Happened. You and the sarcasm today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, some giant thing. Um, I heard there was a parade yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Cleveland won a national championship in sports, <laughs> in in anything, yeah. but in sports, sports. specifically. <laughs> um. You know, and and I I wish we had uh, our executive director, Kelly Copeland, here to talk about it because, I mean, she... (laughs) So excited. Yeah, you know. I mean, we're we're kind of happy it happened, but being in Columbus, I think, maybe a tiny bit removed from, like, the exact craziness that's going on up there. But, yes, Kelly is all in all the time. Yeah, she is. (laughs) Um, uh, Kelly's a huge fan, uh, and even uh, even Annie Kroll, uh, our, our field organizer up there, went to the parade uh, and was joined by 1.3 million people. <laughs> uh, an absolute massive turnout, uh, which definitely, clearly, more than uh, other national championships for other sports and other teams. I mean, this was an expression of civic pride unlike anything mm-hmm. I've ever seen before for the city of Cleveland and the Northeast Ohio area. I mean, listening to people open up, not just about, you know, I've loved the Cavs since whenever and I follow Cleveland sports. I mean, they started talking about their relationship with their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. I wish my dad had seen this. I was all over, like, yeah. like social media. Mm-hmm. It just like, really, like, this it hit them at deep. super core level, and I'm I'm not a sports ball fan. Like I, uh, <laughs> and but it, but at the same time, like 
I couldn't help. Actually, I'm kind of like even like oh, sports, but <laughs> I couldn't help but like feel really, really happy, genuinely happy for all of my friends who are who are feeling such a deep sense of pride and like felt that they were. It, it was like the whole city of Cleveland and everybody who's connected to Cleveland was also on that court. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, at that time it was just, it was, it was wild. And I, like, I got goosebumps in, and again, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm far removed. You're from the that least guy. sports watching person I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was happy, you know, I was like, yeah, because everybody was so happy. Mm-hmm. So genuinely, like it was, yeah, it was weird yeah. and great. And it was, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was also really cool because you know male professional sports is, tends to be a bastion for male bravado and right. sexism and and to see what happened because I watched actually most of the game and I'm not a huge most of the time the sports are on at my house because my partner likes to watch them constantly right. but I was actually the one who was like we need to watch this game. And towards the end, you know, it's like uh, three points ahead. Though I'm sure there's a way for them to lose, and then they scored. They, they yeah, scored with that. Cleveland, fourth. there's always a way for them to lose. Exactly. They scored that fourth point with like a minute left, and I was like, "It's gonna really happen," you know. <laughs> like, and then they did win, and the the look on LeBron's face, the look on Kyrie's face, the fact the coach had his head in a towel and was bawling. Oh. I mean, oh yeah. You could see the passion of all of them. And you knew, like, LeBron always said, I did this. I wanted to come home to bring a championship to Cleveland. And you could tell the way he reacted to it that he really meant those words. Those weren't just words spoken as a mea culpa for leaving Cleveland and everybody hating him. It was like he really genuinely, after he left, realized how much he wanted to come home and help his area out. And so it was just a really, it was really cool Thing to see. Right. And as a message to the RNC next month that <laughs> yeah. 1.3 million people who live or care about Cleveland came downtown and managed to not start a riot or burn the city down. Yes. So when all the Republicans come next week and burn the city down, it isn't Cleveland's fault. Right. Cleveland managed to do this. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, hear this, Republicans. Like, Stay, you know, stay calm. Don't burn our city down. Yeah. Leave us alone. Yeah. I mean, you know, an absolutely amazing expression of civic pride. Um, And, you know, beyond just winning a national championship, they beat uh, the Golden State Warriors, who their regular season schedule was better than any other NBA Mm -hmm. team through the history of the NBA. They won um, 73 games, which is more games than any other team has won. I mean, so they beat a really terrific team. And then they lost three games in the beginning Mm -hmm. of the playoff finals. Uh, So they're the first team in NBA history to come back from being down three games to one to win it in game seven. Just an amazing game. So in terms just purely of it being a sports thing, it was incredible to watch. But, you know, giving them something to be proud of in an area that's had such devastating economic mm-hmm. uh, depression um, that has so much value. Yeah. Um, so way to go, Cleveland. Um, you know, LeBron stood up there at the end of their parade yesterday um, and just gave away all the credit, um, you know, or completely class act, just, mm-hmm. you know, not only acknowledging his teammates, but also saying, hey, this is for the city. I could not have done this without the city. Um, so we definitely want to um, 
you know, say way to go Cavs. Um, so that parade with 1.3 million people in downtown Cleveland happened yesterday at the same time in Congress, you know, 2016 is a year <laughs> unlike any other. That's the theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, members of the House of Representatives took over, me- members of the Democratic Caucus mm-hmm. of the U.S. House of Representatives took over the floor and staged a sit-in. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you really should watch. So, you know, um, C-SPAN was, of course, covering it because it was the legislative session. So it started with um, Congressman Lewis talking about how, you know, gun violence was so bad and that they should do something about it. And then Majority Whip came up to the other podium for his two minutes and, like, right towards the end of his two minutes. And they were actually panned out. They weren't totally just focused on him. So you could see the entire dais at that point. He says, and that is why we won't leave until we get a vote. And whoever was in the speaker's chair, I don't even know who that person was, because I didn't pay attention. Like you should, the look on his face. He did this like double take of what? <laughs> what did you just say? Like oh shit, I'm now presiding over chaos. Like what's going on here? Right. Yeah, he just like this turn of his head, like what? And yeah, so they tried to immediately shut it down, and of course they shut the cameras off, which is what they do in the state house every time anything mm-hmm. exciting happens. Um, as well as the microphones, yes, right? Yes, all yeah. the microphones, right. the cameras, everything. Yeah, it was funny seeing members of Congress standing at podiums talking without the <laughs> microphones working because they kept wanting to adjust it to be heard, uh-huh. and we're yeah. like, that's not an actual working microphone. Yeah, every single one of them came up to the microphone and like pulled it up, and then we're, then we're reminded, that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in classic members of Congress, even members of Congress I consider to be younger members of Congress mm-hmm. don't understand how the internets work. <laughs> Um, and so a couple mem- figured it out. Yeah. No, I was actually talking more about Paul Ryan because they, um, <laughs> because, um, a member and I'm, this name is now escaping me, um, from South Dakota started periscoping it and everybody was watching his periscope link. And then of course it kept crashing and kept crashing and mm-hmm. kept crashing. So at some point C-SPAN, because they were getting lambasted for not broadcasting it because they can't broadcast anything without permission of yeah, the Yeah, they speaker. don't control the cameras. Yes, yeah. they just broadcast it. Um, started broadcasting the Periscope feed from, from it. And so you can actually now watch it on there and it doesn't crash constantly, which is fabulous. But I guess at one point, you know, Speaker Ryan was talking about like turning off the internet router for, the, mm-hmm. for Congress. And the AC yeah. and all that kind I'm of like, stuff. It, it's the, the the phone has its own internet. Like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be better to stream it over Wi-Fi, but like, my phone has that too. You can turn the internet's off in the building, and I'm still going to be able to broadcast it, dude. Yeah. Um, welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> uh, Representative Scott Peters of South yeah, Dakota was one of the periscopes. Um, Senator Cory Booker went down there. He was he was uh, Snapchatting. Um, <laughs> Uh, this was incredible. <laughs> Tammy Duckworth snuck a cell phone onto the floor inside her prosthetic leg <laughs> because she's awesome. the, she's the famous Iraq, uh, Iraq war veteran. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a, an amazing picture that made me tear up yesterday. She's mm-hmm. sitting on the floor of the House of Representatives without her mm-hmm. leg yeah, prosthesis on. Uh, holding up a sign, and we haven't even said yet why they were doing this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oops. So this is to, just like the Senate filibuster from last week, this is to demand a vote for measures on gun control. Yes. 
this follows uh, the uh, horrible massacre in Orlando um, and all of the other shootings that we've been seeing. Um, you know, this uh, is clearly, you know, an extension. It's it's not, it's not uh, a, I don't, I don't know how to, to compare it to the Black Lives Matter movement. These are, I mean, these are separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, you know, equal expressions that we have to change what we're doing in this country and watching Twitter. I mean, moments ago in the city of Baltimore, uh, a judge Mm. acquits uh, one of the officers uh, who was responsible for the murder of Freddie Gray. Um, So, you know, we are looking uh, at some, you know, some very serious situations all across the country uh, and we have an absolute need for change. Um, the measures before Congress deal more with uh, curbing the sale of assault rifles. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if, you, if you're on the no-fly list, you should not be able to buy a gun. Um, we have to have background checks for people who buy guns. Which, which 90% of the American public want yes. that. Like, I mean, responsible right. gun earners want that. People uh-huh. who, like, it, it's a place where we can all come together but for some reason, not actually for some reason, but yeah. for, <laughs> right. um, you know, they, mm-hmm. we just can't seem to get that passed. Well, the f- interesting thing about the no-fly list one is that actually more Republicans and Democratic Democrats support that one. So like all Americans, it's like 89%, mm-hmm. and Republicans, it's actually 92%. And right. I think that actually comes from there's a lot of like civilitarian Democrats yeah. who don't really like the no-fly list so much. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, it, it's one of those places where actually Republicans like it better than just the general public and Republicans are still saying we're not going to vote. And it really comes down to there's a bunch of, you know, Republican members who are beholden to the NRA that are up for election with Trump as their party leader who are like, holy shit, no, I can't vote on that because I'm either going to lose the money I get from the NRA or I'm going to get beat. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they want to hide in the shadows and not have to take a stand on this. And I'm so glad that they're finally saying, no, we're not going to let that happen. In the Senate last week, we saw it happen, and Rob Portman voted no on these measures. Right. So remember that when you vote this fall. How many uh, million? Or he, got, he definitely got over a million. 1.4 million 1. from 4 the NRA. Yes, yep. yeah. yeah, he's one of the highest I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he voted with his money instead of the people of Ohio. Right. So. Right. Um, f- so in the Senate to, to force that vote, Sherrod Brown participated in the filibuster, which forced the vote. Mm-hmm. Sherrod Brown voted to support gun control measures. Um, in the House, Tim Ryan, Marcy Kaptur, uh, Joyce Beatty um, were some of the uh, members uh, from Ohio uh, who were all down there. Uh, and Marsha Fudge, um, who I saw on MSNBC last night, her only sibling was killed by gun violence. So mm-hmm. her speech, um, you know, definitely, uh, carried a lot of weight. Um, so we absolutely, uh, do applaud all of the members of the, uh, Ohio congressional delegation for their efforts, uh, to continue this fight. Um, you know, we said on our Twitter feed, the right to bodily autonomy, mm-hmm. um, includes freedom from gun violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you should only decide what goes in your body. Uh, and that includes bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, you know, this is something, it's not a reproductive rights issue directly, but we absolutely support mm-hmm. uh, the effort to um, 
you know, to do this. And like I said, they're, they're kind of separate, uh, parallel, uh, efforts, the black live movement, um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, raise awareness to violence at the hands of police. Um, so that Freddie Gray decision is, is kind of devastating. Mm-hmm. All this about is about safe communities, being mm-hmm. able to, you know, raise your families and in, 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 you know, in a safe area. Right. Uh, I mean, it's all reproductive justice. Mm-hmm. There's it intersects in so many different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so we only have a little bit of time left. Um, we need to talk about Monday. So as we were sitting here talking, we saw that the Supreme Court did not release. Uh, the whole woman's health decision. So the only day left is going to be on Monday, June 27th, 10 a.m. Um, we will find out how they're going to rule in this landmark case oh. um, from the state of Texas <laughs> uh, on the abortion restrictions there. Um, we'll figure out if and how it impacts other states. And then also because Monday is uh, uh, because 2016 is a year like any other. Um, <laughs> Hillary Clinton is going to be uh, in the city of Cincinnati uh, at 10:30. So right when we're going to be watching the mm-hmm. Supreme Court, we're also going to be watching Hillary in Cincinnati. She's got a very special guest with her, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> who I like to refer to as the next Vice President of the United States. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Wink, wink, nudge, what nudge. do you think? <laughs> It'll be interesting. I mean, usually they don't, they're not quite as public about something like that, you know, but it'll be. I think they're softening the ground. I think they're laying the, you know, laying the base to make this decision. Yeah. But it's also Hillary's third visit to Ohio in three weeks. Right. So, yeah. I mean, she's definitely put her foot down on claiming the state of Ohio. They were saying that Trump hasn't been here since he since the primary yet, and he mm-hmm. can stay out. I'm personally fine with that, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it'll be interesting. I'm. I think that if anyone can kind of bridge the divide and bring the help bring the Democratic Party together, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after you know because of Bernie, like in the Bernie, you know, fans, I think it's Elizabeth Warren and. I really hope <laughs> I have my fingers <laughs> crossed as well, you know, and toes and, yeah. um, you know, my hopes are up obviously mm-hmm. for, and also do women. I would be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it would set the democratic base on fire like nothing mm-hmm. else. Oh yeah. Uh, Tim Kaine and Julian Castro are also on this rumored three person short list, mm-hmm. um, for VP. They're both, you know, uh, solid Democrats. Yeah. Uh, but eh. I mean, Okay. Uh, But I mean, Elizabeth Warren, you know, is just like a flood of oxygen into this race, exciting people like nothing else. Um, So we don't know yet. And and as far as her Senate, or as far as her Mm -hmm. seat, though, unlike if, like, because I know Brown was on the short, uh, on a short list as well, but we would lose that seat because Kasich would have uh, put a Republican in that seat. But. Is her seat? Yeah, her seat is safe. It, her seat is safe. They've got so a Democratic governor. That's great. Um, and so we're. I mean, we're gonna. I would miss her voice, but uh, but it would. She has. She would have an even bigger micro or microphone. Megaphone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean. Just Rather than the, Uncle Joe, Aunt... Uh, <laughs> well, I've, I've got this picture of her putting on the Biden aviators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, oh, would be, that. that would be a viral video instantly. Yeah, yes. I mean... Oh, please. In, in that, <laughs> in like that role, right she... We're this idea. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's the point, is it makes people giddy to think mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
And that's the energy we need. Mm -hmm. Monday, Cincinnati, 1030. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That and SCOTUS. So Monday's going to be a hell of a day. Do we think they might announce? Is that that the thing like that we think? That's the rumor that's going around. Okay. I mean, it's it's just, uh, it's it's a month shy of Mm -hmm. the... Uh, the DNC mm-hmm. um, that would give them time to kind of tour the country together. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like. you know, maybe maybe it's maybe it's baby steps to mm-hmm. make an announcement, mm-hmm. but um, you know, maybe it's a test run where they step out there and they see. You know, they run some polling numbers, yeah. they run some focus <laughs> groups. I'm sure they're doing all of that. Um, but that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the last thing, we don't have Randy here to sing Let's Get It On. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can catch us uh, at ComFest in Columbus this weekend uh, at a Goodale Park, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, if you're in the city of Cincinnati, Cincinnati Pride on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Randy will be down there. Um, and then the last thing, uh, Columbus had their Pride um, which was obviously one week after uh, the the massacre in Orlando. That was amazing. Yeah. We went from the second largest in the Midwest to the first largest in the Midwest. So suck it, Chicago. Three-hour. <laughs> Three-hour parade. That, parade. <laughs> I love everyone in, in my community, but, dude, that was long. And it was hot. <laughs> and it was sunny. and But, no, it was amazing. It 600,000. It was. Actually, I... I was actually standing watching the beginning of it coming forward and I actually, I really teared up. I really didn't think I would, but like you just remember that like, even though I came out in a supportive environment, you knew what pride meant and how pride was different than the rest of the world back then. And to feel that feeling again, you know, that, that week, it really did bring up a lot of emotions. It was, it was amazing to see. Yeah. The politicians, the companies, the, you know, school groups. I mean, I think Big Big Walnut had, or Buckeye Buckeye Valley, I think it was, had like their gay straight alliance in in the parade. And it was amazing. Yeah. Just shows kind of how far we've come that every everybody wants to be in the parade. Everybody (laughs) wants to be seen as a supporter. And it's just like, oh, that is, that's incredible. And it's, oh. That's good for the heart. Yes. Yes. It was amazing. Um, okay. So uh, catch us at ComFest. Catch us at Pride uh, in Cincinnati. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. 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 Thanks. <laughs>